Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money. Welcome to another edition of BS with CSR. My name is Blake Mitchmore. With me, as always, is Shane Shoemaker. Shane, what's happening, man? Oh, man, just ready to talk this interesting week in pro wrestling. Very, very interesting week. Well, Shane, we got a special guest tonight. Jimmy Corderas is back once again. Jimmy, how are you, my friend? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me back. And, uh, yeah, pretty boring week. Huh? Nothing happening at all. Just, you know, status quo. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we, got, we got a big, shocking return to talk about, and we're about to get into it. You and your husband, Triple H, have been really running this company into the ground. Let's take a few indicators. Let's look at the stock. Let's look at ratings. Let's look at the plethora of talent injuries, all under your watch, under your auspices, down into the ground. Shane, Jimmy, another Shane came back to WWE after six, seven years of being away. Shane McMahon is back, and not a person on the planet, if they're being honest with themselves, saw this coming. No, I, uh, I, I'll tell you what. If somebody says that they saw this coming, either they're not being totally honest or they really need to play the Powerball because uh, <laughs> I, I, this came out of left field for everybody. Uh, very interesting change in direction going into WrestleMania. Um, uh, initial reaction was kind of, sh you know, I, I look like that Undertaker guy after Undertaker lost to, to Brock. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. But uh, now that, you know, some time has set in and, and it's, it's, I don't think it's as bad as some people are making it out to be because on social media I got a lot of mixed reaction. I, I think the consensus was, it was, I mean, even when I watched it, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool, but I don't know if, how to really feel about it because it's so different, you know, because it all got out, you know, leaked out that, you know, the Undertaker was going to be facing someone not on the roster, and man, was that correct. I mean, people, <laughs> thought, it was, people thought it was Kurt Angle, people thought it was Batista, Goldberg. No one saw Shane McMahon coming anywhere. I mean, but, you know, I'm like you, Jimmy. The more that I thought about it, you know, it's the story going from here could be really, really interesting because there's so many, you know, things we just don't know. See, that's what intrigues me most about this is is the story that's going to play out over the next five to six weeks because we know, I mean, we don't know the details, but what you hear was that Shane left a few years ago. It wasn't on the best terms. Like he, It wasn't like, oh, hey, I want to go do some other stuff. It was things weren't, you know, jiving real well between him and Vince or him and Stephanie. So, I mean, and you saw hints of that, even though it was in a story or in a promo, you saw hints of that. He dropped hints that, you know, things aren't the way they should be, and maybe he needs to come back and take over again. And that's what, I mean, that's what intrigues me most. And, I mean, I'll let you guys comment, but for me, I've never watched a story with McMahons involved that they didn't knock out of the park. These, you, One thing you can say about the McMahons is they know how to tell a freaking story. Yeah, pretty much. It's. I, I guess it's in the DNA. It's got to be. Uh, I mean, it's incredible how it's filtered down from Vince to Shane to Stephanie. But at the same time, like you said, the, the story being told is going to be interesting going forward. And always, you know, the best storylines have elements of truth thrown into it. And obviously, you know, Shane uh, threw some out there last night or, the, or, or on Monday night and... Uh, 
like I said, this is going to be interesting going forward. How this is going to play out. My question, of of course, is is this long term or is it just a uh, a short term program to lead only till WrestleMania or shortly after? That's going to be the question for me. Yeah, the the, the work shoot here definitely worked, and it's almost like you have to go that way nowadays because everybody knows so much. So you've got to include those little nuggets in nowadays. I, you know. I don't know that the, the the thing is I don't think it's a perfect story enough that there is a perfect story in any storyline because you know you got the whole lockbox idea you know that Shane has and I thought that was a little goofy but again with the McMahons you know there's these storylines sometimes if you have good talent like the McMahons are storylines I mean the talent can sell the whole angle I mean I think back to the the HBK and JBL you know where Shawn Michaels was poor and JBL had to hire him. I mean, and then McMa or Michaels was coming out there with Under Armour sweaters on. I mean, come on. I mean, but, you know, it, the storyline was good because the talent was good, and it's the same way with this storyline. Well, and, and you speak of storylines, the, the thing that I'm also intrigued about is where does Undertaker fit into this? Because based on Shane's reaction and the fact that he's going head up with Vince again and Vince chose Undertaker as Shane's opponent, to me that sets Taker up, you know, he's not going to – well, most likely he's not going to be a full-blown heel, but it takes it sets Taker up in a heel role, which is very interesting and kind of makes me more interested in it because that's not a role we've seen Taker in very much lately. No, it, it, even against Brock, it was more of a subtle type heel thing as opposed to a, a really overt heel. And again, like you like you said, we haven't heard from him yet. Maybe we don't hear from from him for a little while uh, to find out exactly how he plays into this whole thing, whether it's uh, he does it willingly or he does it uh, because Vince is holding uh, maybe his career and his legacy over his head to, and forces him into this. We don't know, you know, what direction that's going to take yet. So, again, another layer to the story that I'm looking forward to finding out where it goes. Yeah, I, I'll, be, I'll be interested in the reactions once we finally get to this match at, at Mania. And, and not only that, but, like, to me, this will be – you know, compared to other years where Taker's never there, you know, on Raws or SmackDown, this year I think he's, I mean, I think we got like five weeks or so to get to Mania now. I think Undertaker's at least on two to three episodes and maybe even a SmackDown. I think you, I think you have to with the way this storyline's going. I, I would agree with that. I think, I mean, to me, you have to have him there because, I mean, I guess – Potentially, if he just fits in and he's working with Vince, maybe not. But, you know, you have an element where maybe Taker, Vince has something over on Taker or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of story to tell here, so I agree, Shane. you got to go at least out of the five Raws left. I would say you need to see Taker in some form or fashion in at least two, possibly three. Uh, to, me, to me, I'll say this. You've got with he's not going to be on SmackDown tonight or you would have heard about it or so you got 10 shows left Taker's got to for me I, I need to see Taker on half of them mm. yeah absolutely yeah yeah I would say so but Jimmy you mentioned a second ago whether this is a long term story or just till Wrestlemania and that's going to take us into our next topic because there's already some you know scuttlebutt and some news going on a possibly a brand extension coming, and there's even events that make it seem like it's going to happen. Last night in the storyline, Shane said, I want control of Raw, which would you know, lead you to believe a possible brand extension is coming, and then today 
photos surface of Ticketmaster's website where they're advertising a Raw in May where it says something to the effect of Monday Night Raw versus WWE could be SmackDown, could be something else. That leads me to believe that, you know, maybe not possibly long-term or possibly negative, but we're going to see some sort of a brand extension coming up in the next couple of months after WrestleMania. What do you guys think about that? I'm I'm a big proponent of the of the uh, so-called brand split or brand extension, whatever moniker you want to put on it. Uh, as someone who got the livid back in the uh, in the 2000s when it was actually, um, I think, working effectively, what it does is it gives um, more talent an opportunity to appear on television. Obviously, Raw is going to be the flagship show. There's no doubt about that. But if you're having the same talent on Raw in that three hours appearing on your two-hour SmackDown. That doesn't leave a lot of room for others to grow and expand their characters and get, uh, you know, FaceTime with the WWE Universe to help them get over. And so, for me, having two specific brands and just having guys specific to those brands would not only help talent, I think it would also help the, uh, the two secondary titles. You can have the IC title, the focal point on one show, the US title being the main title on the other show, and maybe the U World Heavyweight Champion becomes almost like a special attraction back in the days when Hogan was uh, was champion or even like Brock was champion in more recent times where he appears infrequently but can appear on both shows. That would be my thing. I, if, I'm perfectly fine with the brand extension too, but I think that for me you got to go back to that old school brand extension that you were a part of where we don't need two world champions. Just give me one right now. Make the other titles more important again for the first time in a very long time and have that one champion that, you know, maybe he's not on Raw every single week. Maybe he's not on SmackDown every week. Make it make it feel special when he shows up on that show. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, you know, also they've got a lot of talent coming back from injury, you know, not long after Mania too. I mean, you know, Cena's going to be coming back, you know, sometime. Rollins will be coming back. Cesaro will be coming back. You know, and especially guys like Cesaro definitely need a shot to be bumped up a little bit. So if you had a brand extension, I think that would work perfectly for him. Um, I mean, plus it, it really stuck out to me that, you know, Shane actually said, you know, I want Raw. So where this kind of goes from here, I mean, it kind of leads you to believe maybe there would be a brand extension somehow. But uh, definitely agree that you've got to focus just on one world title, though. You can't have... I mean, two world titles again because it doesn't make any sense. It, it belittles them. And but as far as having actual the brand split goes, SmackDown, you can't belittle it though. And I think that's why they're wanting to try to elevate that. And that's why I think the brand brand split they may ultimately want that now. Yeah, and here's something that just popped in my head. A lot of stuff pops in my head, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, not, not to not to foreshadow too far ahead, but let's just say that for 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 shiggles that. Uh, you know, Shane does end up, you know, in control of Raw, and Hunter is out of the picture, and we all know that Triple H is the driving force behind NXT. Maybe uh, we get a little invasion from the NXT crew the, to kind of, uh, you know, take over, try to take over Raw, so to speak, and maybe introduce those guys to a, a bigger audience that doesn't get to see them, that only see them on the WWE Network. Well, and what you you know it, to piggyback even further off that idea, what you could have is Shane, Stephanie, and Triple H all vying to quote take over the company with Shane controlling Raw, Stephanie controlling SmackDown, and Triple H controlling NXT, and they're all fighting. I mean, and and I think that's a great idea because it elevates 
those NXT guys to another level and makes them not look like minor leagues, makes them look on the same level, which is what you need if you're going to make them a full-time touring brand or you know, possibly even one day take them off the network and get them on cable TV to make even more money. They need to feel like they're on the same level as Raw and as SmackDown. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to get too far off the subject here, but, you know, I've always thought for a while now that, you know, if they kind of have a brand split, I mean, I think Triple H needs to almost get off the main roster and just kind of have him, if he's going to be a character, be just on NXT because he's, everyone thinks of him as NXT now. Honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why he's got such a face reaction. I mean, the guy's like all, I mean, he's always taking pictures with all these guys. I mean, and it's all these people like, the you know, the marks, you know, the insiders know. I mean, to me, why not have him just be NXT? I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting take. Plus, going back to Blake's point about making the NXT guys feel um, on uh, on a par with the guys on the main roster, that they did do that with Kevin Owens when they introduced him uh, to the main roster. It didn't work out so well with a guy like Neville or mm-hmm. Tyler Breeze, but with Kevin Owens, it did work because you know he comes in, he beats the big dog John Cena. Now he feels like he's you know on a par with everybody there and can beat pretty much anybody there. So. He, he fits right in. That, that's what's needed, I think, like you said, Blake. Hey, Jimmy, let me ask you, from your experience in the, in the brand extension in the past, and one of the, one of the reasons the brand extension really intrigues me with the current injury problems they've had, doesn't that get talents off the road an extra day? Certain talents? Um, uh, depending on the schedule, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. But what it, because, um, you know, because of the TV schedule where Raw would uh, – you obviously uh, go live on Monday, SmackDown taped on Tuesdays. The Raw crew would begin their tour on Friday and do, you know, house shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday, TV, Monday. The SmackDown crew would start on Saturday and do Saturday, Sunday. Monday, sometimes, sometimes Monday would be off depending on if they needed guys at TV or whatever. And then Tuesday and then home on Wednesday. So now with the guys appearing on both shows, it's conceivable that guys get that extra day on the road and be on the road five days as opposed to four. Okay. okay. I mean, uh, you know, with the with the rash of injuries they had, if they could work out a schedule to get, you know, even majority of the talent off an extra day, that that's another benefit to doing it also. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Well, it, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, and we got to talk. Our top three matches are made, and we got to talk about it next. Welcome to my house. Baby, take control now. We can't even slow down. We don't have to go a while. All right. It looks like the top three matches are set for WrestleMania. Jimmy, I'm not sure that they're going to – I know what they want to achieve with the main event. They want Roman to have his WrestleMania moment. Or at least that's what we think. But based on the reaction we had on Raw, I'm not sure they're going to get it. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one because uh, um, I, I'm I'm in that camp where I think that the the crowd could potentially just really really crap on Roman Reigns because they've already got their mind made up. Uh, maybe the best course of action going off of Monday's beatdown by Triple H, who by the way, uh, again a little sidetrack here. Almost played up to the crowd, kind of babyface style with the the DX chop and and kind of giving them what they want. Yes, heels don't normally give the crowd what they want, and that's 
what he'll do. But exactly. uh, that being said, after that beatdown on Monday night that looked really, really brutal and and reminiscent of the one Daniel Bryant received, uh, again, from Triple H going into WrestleMania when he had his big WrestleMania moment. What I would like to see happen, and uh, you know, I know we talked earlier about Undertaker having to appear to help sell his match. I would rather that Roman Reigns sit on the sidelines, and now the question mark becomes, was the beating too harsh? And that go-home raw before WrestleMania, have him come out and beat the living tar out of Triple H, similar to what... Ricky Steamboat did to Ric Flair back when they were fighting over the U.S. title in Mid-Atlantic, you know, where um, Ricky Steamboat tore the suit off of Ric Flair and just beat the living crap out of him. And, and that would be the last thing we see, the last image we see going into WrestleMania. And maybe, hopefully, that'll sway some of the people to Roman Reigns' side because right now, uh, it, you know, maybe keeping him off TV and having that one moment will help you that. that, that I'm, not, I'm, not cross, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm not saying you would. I'm just saying maybe. You know, that's a really good idea, and it's something that may not be that hard to actually pull off and to sell because Roman, it seems like Roman legit broke his nose last night, and you could just sell it as that it was really bad and that he's not going to be, you know, he's going to have to be on the sidelines for a few weeks. Mm. Well, well, it'd be a good move to get him off because off TV because I don't know if you've looked at the schedule from here on out, but it's like a murderer's row for like you know the the mark crowds here. I think they've got I think they go to Philadelphia, they go to Chicago, and uh, there's there's another one I can't remember. The, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the list is it's Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. On the schedule, so. <laughs> oh, it's it's a brutal schedule. So I mean, it's one of those like maybe WWE smart if they get him off TV until maybe that final week. That's a very good idea, Jimmy. I I agree with you on that. That's, uh, and I'm kind of like you also in the way Triple H, you know, he did the DX crotch chopped thing, because Triple H didn't. He's one of those guys. He obviously hasn't forgot how to work, and he hasn't forgot how to work a crowd, and he knows how to get reactions. So. Jimmy, I guess what I'm maybe want to ask you: Do you think they're like, do you maybe they're 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 not even trying to fight it anymore? They're just going to be like, yeah, maybe we want to go this route with Triple H, like keep him like, in the face. Well, I think it, it, it's almost like I know some some of the criticisms I've heard. Uh, Triple H should know better than to pander to the crowd, but that's who he has been his entire career. Mm-hmm. Whether a face or, whether he's a babyface or a heel, that's who Triple H has been. It's just depends on, I guess, the, the crowd mood at the time, whether they like mm-hmm. him or not. I think it was more along the lines of, uh, it was more of a dislike for Roman Reigns as opposed to a, a um, you, you know, we're, we're siding with Triple H as the babyface here. I think it was more an anti-Roman Reigns sentiment, that's all. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, our second match that got made on Raw this week was Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar. On one hand... I think it's really good for, for Dean Ambrose because it, it, it sets Dean up to be a major player after WrestleMania. But on the other hand, it kind of doesn't – I don't know how it fits with Brock, but I think they made a great decision on Raw by making it a street fight because it allows Dean to hit Brock in the nuts for the 17th time in the last – you know, since that's his favorite move, use chairs, use weapons. And that's what a guy like Dean's going to – it helps Dean – you know, maintain his lunatic, crazy character, and it also makes it somewhat believable that a guy that is so much smaller than Brock Lesnar could possibly win. 
I, I absolutely agree with that. And uh, not uh, not flash back a little bit to Sunday when you look at uh, the uh, triple threat at, at Fastlane. Uh, people forget, they, they talk so much about uh, Dean Ambrose hitting uh, both Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar with the chair shots leading into the finish. But what a lot of people have forgot about is that Brock Lesnar went through two announce tables before that as well. So using that element of the no disqualification street fight thing is the best course of action, I think, to make it believable that Dean Ambrose actually has a shot at beating Roman Reigns. Because let's be honest, if it was a straight wrestling match, oh. would, would anybody believe it? Yeah, it, it, and, and Dean's crazy enough. He's going to do something just off the wall anyway, and, and Lesnar's going to throw him through whatever he can. I, I'm sure there's going to be some crazy spots in that match. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm like you guys, they, they had to make this no DQ, no holds barred, whatever, to make it believable. And, you know, just because, you know, th there's just no way you can believe that. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i buying into this match. I've bought into this match since, you know, the Fastlane build. To me, that Fastlane build was all about this match. I mean, you know, they kind of took Roman out of that completely. Um, and, and, you know, I, it's it might be one of those matches to me that kind of – that kind of sells mania. I don't know if anyone else is like that, but I mean, I'm interested. I think there's going to be a great story. I mean, before Raw even started, they had him beat him up in the parking lot just brutally. I mean, that was just that was one of the best parts of the show. I thought it wasn't even technically on the show. Um, so I don't know. I, I like this feud a lot, though. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the one thing I'll say about this match is I I feel like it cannot be a PG. Street fight. I mean, it it doesn't need to be you know necessarily Attitude Era where it's just gore, but you got to find the line between those two where they can get violent because that's what you're going to have to have to make it believable that that Dean has a shot to topple this beast. And I mean, Shane, I think you're right. I think it's it. it I don't know if it sells Mania for me personally, but I think the story is going to be great because I mean. Ambrose cuts a great promo, and of course he's going to be cutting promos against arguably the best promo guy possibly ever. So I mean, the story in the next five weeks is going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, and 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 to your point, Shane, you got to remember too that Dean Ambrose just acquired one of the coveted spots at WrestleMania because if you look at all the coveted spots at WrestleMania, it's obviously the World Championship match. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Undertaker, who's going to face Undertaker WrestleMania, and now because uh, he's such a larger-than-life personality and such a special attraction, who you know who gets Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? So you gotta you gotta like that too. Yeah, well, there's those, those three main events. You know, Mania is kind of built around anyway. So and it's cool to see Dean elevate that high. You know, I I guess I've heard flat kind of from people though. I guess on Twitter, the only thing I've seen is like you know. Is Lesnar heel here, or what is he? You know, I, I mean, but to me, Lesnar's just Lesnar. You know, there, there's no, it's it's Brock Lesnar. There's there's nothing like him in WWE, and nothing anywhere else. I mean, so that's what makes him. Well, yeah, it's kind of Lesnar, like, Lesnar is that state of day when uh, Gordon Soli used to refer to Roddy Piper as an island unto himself. He wasn't really a babyface. He wasn't a heel. He just mm -hmm. he was Roddy Piper, and that's. In, in a different way, I think maybe that's what Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. To me, he is that, that shade of gray that you hear that Vince wants everybody to be. No, not heel, not face. That is Brock Lesnar. He is right stuck in the middle. He's, he's a heel that he's almost like, in a sense, he's almost like Austin was. He's a heel that 
He's really a heel, but the fans love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've talked about two of the main events. We talked about the story that's going to go with Shane versus Undertaker, but now I want to talk about the match because I'll be honest. When I first heard this on Raw, my first reaction was, really? We're really going to do Shane versus The Undertaker? And Because you're used to Undertaker wrestling Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, all these great in-ring people. And not to say that Shane's ever had a really bad match, but Shane's not a great wrestler, you know, bell to bell. Then I got to thinking about it, and there's so many possibilities that can come out of this match. I mean, you know, Shane's going to do some kind of... If Shane's coming back to do a match, he's going to do some kind of crazy bump that's going to just make the crowd go nuts. Uh, there's going to be surprises. You know, to me, this match is going to be what Sting versus Triple H at WrestleMania was last year. This is going to be the match where there are multiple surprises in it that, you know, help dress up the fact that we've got a a 50-year-old and a 46-year-old that never wrestled on a regular basis and hasn't wrestled in about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I kind of foresee a little bit of smoke and mirrors happening in this one, but of course you mentioned uh, Undertaker having matches with uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Uh, Undertaker throughout his career has wrestled a vast majority of his opponents, different styles. He can do any style, but he's also a master of storytelling and psychology in the ring. So as far as drama and getting fans invested during this match, I don't have any question that that's going to happen. And when you bring up uh, a big-time moment from Shane McMahon. Obviously, we remember some of them, like uh, uh, falling off the uh, Titan Tron at SummerSlam. I was standing at the bottom there watching him come down from, like, 40 feet. The oh, guy's wow. like... Oh. Um, uh, you're gonna, uh, my prediction, I'm going to give it right now, that he's going to do something that rivals... rivals. I'm not going to say he's going to top it, but it's going to rival what Mick Foley did at Hell in a Cell 97. I'm sorry. So do you think they get on top of the, the cell then? Do you think it's possible? I mean, because to me, the, the, the cell is, is so big now. It's like hell in the house. It's not hell in the cell. It's hell in the house now. So it's just massive. So, I mean, I don't know if – I mean, I mean that, that's a long jump now. I, I mean, I don't know. I, that'd be tough. I, I do. Yeah. I think he, he's taken he, – I think Jimmy's dead on. He's taken a bump off the cell or he's taken a bump through the cell, one of the two. Yeah, I can, like, I can see a recreation of that choke slam through the cell – uh, I hope he doesn't try going through the announce table a la Mick Foley, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm fearful that it's going to be something outrageous. Oh, I absolutely think he – I don't think he would come back and do a WrestleMania match without doing some kind of crazy bump, and you can't go from Hell in a Cell to do a bump off the, off the, the entranceway like you said you were at the bottom of. It's got to be something off the cell. Yeah, that's what I think. It, we're, we're not going to see we're not going to see collar elbow tie up headlock takeover. That's sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, well, the 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 hots literally, especially in Shane McMahon, there, there's they're relentless in how far the McMahons will go in this. I mean, my my thing was, I mean, I remember going back to WrestleMania 22 and you know thinking of uh, Vince and. HPK and I never thought that match was going to be that good at all, but it ended up being, I think it got like PWI, like match of the year. So who's to say this can't do the same thing? I mean, Shane's a whole lot better wrestler. So the possibilities are endless in this match. Well, it goes back to what Jimmy just said. I mean, and he said it about Undertaker, but it's true about all the McMahons. The McMahons, just like Undertaker, 
are masters in telling a story, and they will. This match will be, to me, not from a wrestling standpoint, but from just a pure entertainment and drama standpoint. This match will be the best of the night because the McMahons know how to tell a story, and so does Undertaker. Exactly. You're not going to see. You're not going to have a super kick party. You're not going to have a Meltzer driver. You're not going to have any of that stuff. You're going to have a lot of drama, and you're going to have a lot of. Uh, Really good storytelling, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, uh, even with maybe a little, like I, we said earlier, a little smoke and mirrors, they're going to tell a pretty good story and get people emotionally invested in this match. Okay, now let's 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 talk about the smoke and mirrors for a second because people thought. I mean, and I was one of them. I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago saying that I thought for sure Cena was going to surprise everybody again. So people think Cena could come out in this match. Because of Shane's storyline ownership of WCW, people have mentioned, even though Sting may not be able to wrestle, Sting coming out and doing something physical with Undertaker. I know it's six weeks away, but if I had to put you on the spot for some sort of smoke and mirrors, what would it be? Um, that would be a good guess, uh, seeing that Cena seems to have found the Weapon X program or uh, just his Wolverine-like <laughs> abilities. I, I, he is truly, truly a freak of nature. Um, that would be my guess. What I'd like to see, though, even though, even though Cena seems to be, you know, the I don't want to say consensus pick, but a lot of people are thinking that he might be the guy who shows up early. I'm hoping that it's someone along the lines of Cesaro, because I could see. Shane getting behind a guy like Cesaro and, and helping elevate him to the next level because you know and and it could lead back to that whole Steve Austin podcast where the the whole brass ring that Vince uh, kept alluding to and that uh, that uh, Cesaro was lacking something you know what I mean so uh, maybe maybe that's a good choice if he's ready to go well even and I I don't think he'd possibly be ready to go but is there any possibility of maybe a Seth Rollins you know because he was with the Authority and Maybe he's coming back to be, you know, with Shane McMahon now. Do you think there's any possibility of that happening too? I, I honestly don't think so from a physical standpoint because right. that knee is going to need – he's probably uh, – I've heard probably around June mm-hmm. for him. going to be up that long. So SummerSlam is a more realistic uh, target for him, I think. You know, Jimmy mentioned uh, mentioned a super kick party just a minute ago. The thing that intrigues me that I think it was our, uh, our old pal Justin LaBar mentioned today is – what if, you know, if Shane's going to come back and be the, the face or the, the guy that runs Raw, what if what if Shane is the catalyst that introduces, you know, whatever they're going to call the Bullet Club, but the Bullet Club? Mm, yeah. That would be an interesting take. Mind you, I would join them and change the name to Buffet Club, but that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, before we let you go tonight, let me we're going to ask one more question. We uh, Obviously, Shane versus Undertaker was a massive surprise for WrestleMania. We're, we're six weeks out right now. Do you think this is the only major surprise, or uh, do we see something else? I mean, you know, we know... Austin's probably going to be there in some form. Rock's going to be there. Is is there somebody else that we're not seeing that you think could show up at WrestleMania? Um, I'm thinking there's some. There, there might be somebody, but I can't see anybody that would really shock the world as much as 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 what happened Monday night will, uh, unless it's in a non wrestling capacity. Uh, Maybe a Goldberg, because I heard rumors that there was, uh, you know, because his DVD sold really well and there was a lot of interest in him. Maybe he shows up to do something. I don't know, but uh, the only other the only other 
possibility is since he's going to be there anyways to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, maybe Sting lends his hand into something at WrestleMania. Okay. Um, the the only one, and just because they're kind of you know, I know his Blu-rays coming out soon. Is Eric Bischoff? I don't think he had anything to do with you know, you know, Shane and Taker or anything like that. But I could see him being some capacity. You know, I don't know what, but I mean, maybe just a, a visual of him or some some kind. I, that that I could possibly see. All right. Well, Jimmy, we appreciate you hopping on with us again, talking a little Shane O'Mac, talking a little WrestleMania. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Had fun, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm out of the snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. No, no drinks for me, thanks. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. All right, it wouldn't be an episode of B- BS with CSR if we didn't give you the BS of the week. And it just so happens that this week's BS of the week is really fascinating because I there was just some stuff in that show that just didn't click. Shane, what was yours? Yeah, you know what? My honest problem with it is, you know, everyone is complaining about Roman Reigns winning the match. Did we not see this coming? I mean, you know, did we not see this coming all along? I mean, WWE has invested all this money into this into Roman Reigns. Now, granted, it may not be the best thing for them right now, but they've invested all this time, all this money. It's like any other thing that you know any other company has done. It's like Apple making the iPhone. If something comes out about the iPhone once you buy it and, like, the program's not right with it. They can't just stop making the iPhone. They make upgrades and adjustments to it, much like they're trying to do with this Roman Reigns deal. You can't just stop this, you know, this thing they've invested all this money in. You just can't do that. And you I, saw it coming. I agree. So accept I, agree it. I agree with you in principle, but I don't think the iPhone was ever universally hated like Roman no, Reigns. No, no, no. I mean, that was just an example. I mean, maybe I should have used the uh, the Sega Saturn that everyone hated. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but everyone hated that. But still, you can't deviate from the plan. But what the hell is the Sega Saturn? Uh, exactly. Only nerds know that. So maybe you should uh, <laughs> you should look that stuff up. What the Sega Saturn? Uh, I, don't, I honestly have no idea what that was. But to you, uh, yeah, I mean – I agree. I, I mean, it's just the world we live in now. Everybody right. wants to bitch about something, but mm. you knew this was coming. It was obvious. So, quit bitching. <laughs> now, something that's bug- like, what in the blue hell are we doing with Bray Wyatt? So now we we spent this time building up the Wyatt family, trying to make them look, you know. Big badass, you know. After they got dominated by Kane and Undertaker, you know, we've we've slowly tried to make them look pretty good, and then we put together this ragtag group of titans in in Ryback, Kane, and Big Show, and they beat the Wyatt family. And now, now, I mean, I, I get it. Ambrose has earned the spot, but now what the hell is Bray Wyatt going to do at WrestleMania? If Bray Wyatt, I'll put, I'll tell you this right now. If Bray Wyatt is in the damn Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, that is absolutely ridiculous. If Bray Wyatt has to fight somebody like Ryback, that is absolutely – although Ryback, I guess, kind of turned heel on Raw, so that wouldn't work. So maybe that's out. But what is Bray Wyatt doing now? What are you doing with Bray Wyatt? Why? Why does this guy always rise up a little bit and then basically get kicked back down to the bottom? I don't get it. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you first. Um, are you going to stop watching wrestling like you claimed before or, or on other things if any of those things happen with Bray Wyatt? Will you stop watching wrestling? I forget every single – I know I claimed like four different things, and pro- one of them probably happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember what they were. I may have to go back and listen. But, no, I'm not going to quit watching wrestling. Okay, I was just making sure. But, no, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, totally. And, and plus, you know, the next night on Raw, you know, we get the 50-50 booking, you know. But then the Wyatt family gets the win there. I mean, it's just – I'm like you. I don't understand why this guy always, like, it's – he's got this – I don't know. He's, he, you just don't know what he is anymore. I mean, I don't even look forward to him anymore, honestly. And I, I love the Bray Wyatt character. It's great. I mean, well, I mean, you've got, and you've got these three monsters with him. This guy should be, I'm sorry. I don't give a damn what people say. People say that character doesn't, this guy should be in the main event mix. He's got three monsters. They should, he should not be losing. He should be, you know, forcing his way into the WWE championship picture. I don't get it, and if, like I said, if Bray Wyatt is in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or he fights freaking Big Show or some garbage like that or fights in a tag match, I, I'm i going to make Shane quit watching wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. I would love to do a show one time. This is show 24, and I haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do a show one time where I don't, get a headache or I don't feel my blood pressure rising, but I can't. I'm so passionate about wrestling that I always get frustrated. So that's it for this week. Big thank you to Jimmy Corderas for coming on. Make sure you're reading his blogs on CSRWrestling.com. Make sure you're following Shane at SHoeMaker24. Make sure you're following me at Blake Mitchmore. We'll be right back here next week giving you what's up in the world of wrestling. This public service message was brought to you by your friends from E-Generation X. Who would like to remind each and every one of you that if you're not down with that, we've got 